Hello and welcome to the Narrow Road podcast. David Cooper, The Return to Ayahuasca. In this podcast, we welcome back Huddersfield-based entrepreneur David Cooper. David was the inaugural guest on The Narrow Road. We discussed his entrepreneurial journey but ended up hearing about some serious revelations when he took a trip to Costa Rica to undertake an ayahuasca ceremony. Ayahuasca, also known as the tea, the vine and la purja, is a brew made from the leaves of the Psychotria vidiris shrub along with the stalks of the Banisteriopisis capi vine. When combined, these two plants form a powerful psychedelic brew that affects the central nervous system, leading to an altered state of consciousness that can include hallucinations, out-of-body experiences and euphoria. Not content with having done it once, David recently took another trip to Costa Rica to put himself through it again. Such has been the feedback and listener numbers from the first podcast we had to get David back to hear about what Mother Ayahuasca delivered the second time around. Like the first podcast, this is truly revelatory and just gets better as the story goes on further down the podcast. Enjoy. So, um, back for part two of uh, David Cooper, The Universe Delivers. Um, so David, um, can you just give us a quick um, recap as to why we are here and yeah. what preceded today's podcast? So, last time we met, you, you came on the pretense we were going to talk about my entrepreneurial history and the journey of Cooper's Coffee and yeah. the eventual sale of that business and we ended up going down a bit of a rabbit hole and talking about uh, a ayahuasca, a spiritual journey in the Amazon jungle, um, which seems to have pricked quite a lot of curiosity with mm, a lot of people, definitely. including yourself. Oh, very much. Uh, so because I, I openly said to you, I, I talked about my previous journey from two years ago, yeah. um, and I told you that I was about to go again. Uh, I, I remember the last podcast we did, I think I was the first week into a non-drinking cleansing. Yes, and, yes, yes, we were. Which lasted 11 weeks. And then I went to Costa Rica, so I was very, very cleansed. So I was, I was going to go again, which is why, why you said, look, I want to catch you. Yeah. I want to catch you when it's fresh, when you, when you get back. So could you remind us what an ayahuasca ceremony is then? Mm. So ayahuasca is what the Amazonians would call plant medicine. Um, ayahuasca is uh, the mix of two plants so they take the bark of a tree uh, and, and bash it to a pulp uh, and they also then strip the leaves off the ayahuasca bush and put it into a water broth and boil it for about 18 to 24 hours I think and uh, and this this mix of these two natural substances contains um, a product, a chemical called dimethyltryptoline, which is commonly abbreviated as DMT. And for those who are familiar with DMT, it was synthesized in the 60s uh, very successfully as the love drug, the hippie drug of um, LSD. Mm. That was the chemical synthetic version. But it exists in nature. It exists in tens of thousands of plant species that there are about 150,000 plant species known in the Amazon, going all the way down from Brazil right through um, 
Costa Rica, Bolivia, Peru. And somehow the Amazonians, the tribes, the cultures worked out that a mix of these two plants together meant that human beings could digest it. And it takes you into a psychedelic experience. Mm. Uh, and they've used it for, there's, there's, there's scriptures that go back 5,000 years. Right. Um, so it's, it's still used today mm. um, in the traditional methods, in shamanic rituals to heal people. Everything from physical to mental to spiritual illnesses. It's their medicine mm. cabinet. Yeah. They ask Mother Nature to get involved. With it's ingrained in their um, culture. It's what they do. It's, yeah. their, it's their boots pharmacy. <laughs> you know, they, they just yeah. go to ayahuasca yeah. and they, they get you to drink it in a ritualistic uh, ceremony and, and they let Mother Nature work out what you need. Yeah. Um, so, as Westerners, um, we've become very curious about this. It's, uh, it's been classed as a, um, classified as a Class A drug. Right, right. So it's been banned all over the world. Mm. There are underground movements. Um, I know of a couple in the UK, um, but they're very... Secretive, because so there's, there's can, a lot of fear. You can get it in this. You can get it in this country. Yeah, I've got, I've got, got some here now. Oh, if right. you want to smell it, I'll pop upstairs right. and, and get you some. Um, so it's available. It's just two plants. You know, it's like saying marijuana is yeah, yeah. illegal. Yeah. It's, it's a bloody weed. So know? is it? If you got caught with it in this country, would people here know what it was? And if they did, you'd be in a bit of trouble. Uh, I don't think they'd know what it was. No. You could probably blag your way out. Yeah, it's a, it's a. a a, a vile smelling liquid, brown. Hmm. You know, you could pass it off as some kind of medicine yeah. or something. Um, if they did know what it was, uh, it'd be confiscated and you'd be questioned and no right. doubt given a hard time. Yeah. It's ridiculous to call it a drug. I mean, the, the Amazonians call, literally call it plant medicine. Hmm. Uh, it's just a leaf and a tree bark boiled in water. Right. So... DMT, just to, just to remind yourself and the audience, DMT is something that naturally occurs in human beings as well. Right. So dimethyltryptoline is released by your pineal gland. And your pineal gland sits right in the centre of your brain. Uh, if you were to go through your, the centre of your upper brow, so in between mm. your nose, about an inch up, if you were to go directly through your forehead and then through your crown, where the point meets right. in the middle would be yeah. a pineal gland. Right. And the Amazonians and many other tribes, um, Indian and Chinese and Sanskrit, Tibetan, they, they all believe that it's there for a very, a very uh, uh, a purpose. Yeah. And, that, and that is to release chemicals and to, uh, to attain a higher state of consciousness. Mm. Is, it, is it in the centre of your brain then, from what you're telling me? It's in the centre. It's about the size of a, a little pine cone. So if you look at your fingernail... Yeah about half the size of a little fingernail, right. a small fingernail. Um, it's, it's got two little rods that go into it. So it's a, a tiny little ovular-shaped thing. Um, with modern-day science, they've now been able to look at what happens to the pineal gland and various other glands like the amygdala mm. to see what's going on under ayahuasca. So mm. when people are actually under the influence of ayahuasca right. and they've got this intense dose of dimethyltryptoline in their bloodstream, what's actually going on in the brain. So with CT scans, PET scans, etc., they've been able to really understand what actually happens. And the fascinating things are, well, two things to me. First of all, 
your amygdala, which is the thing that decides whether to run away from a situation or to fight. Yeah. Uh, so the fight or flight mode that we all have is created by the amygdala. And this thing happens in an instant. Mm. Um, and one of the amazing things that the amygdala does in your brain is that it slows down time. So if you've ever been in a really life-threatening incident, a car crash, you can almost review it afterwards, post-event, frame by frame. It's as if time slows down. And the amygdala does that because it has to slow things down from real speed to allow you to make decisions that are are good good outcomes. In the... In the moment. happening, yeah, in the yeah. moment, yeah. You know, do I get away from this thing? Do right. I fight it? Do I freeze? What do I do? So the amygdala's got this amazing ability of instantly, and I mean instantaneously, shutting down organs that serve you no purpose. So if you're, if you're in a fight or flight mode, for example, you don't need your intestines. You don't need, you don't need all of the uh, acids and juices mm. that are digesting food to no longer work. So mm. it just shuts those systems down. It pumps blood to the surface of the muscles in case we need to run quickly so it gets oxygen and energy in, in the places that you need. Um, so biologically, this thing uh, gets a person uh, bodily ready for whatever it needs. Yeah. Now, what they've realised in ayahuasca ceremonies is that the amygdala practically goes to sleep. So you imagine a human being without any fight or flight or freeze mode well, that's no longer a human being. That's just an entity that's totally open. So you're at your most vulnerable. Well, you, yes, hmm. but you're open. Yeah. So I just mean from a physical aspect. Yeah. You know, you, you, yeah. If if the opposite of that is being ready and I can take what's coming, then then you, you know, yeah. not, not comatose, but you, do you know, what you're I mean? in a you're in a very different state of consciousness. Hmm. And having done eight eight ceremonies now, I can tell you that you feel. Very different. At peace? Um, uh, sometimes. I'm just thinking of the opposite of being ready to fight or die would be... You're just in a state of openness, hmm. ready to receive, accept, whatever, whatever's coming, whatever's whatever you're sure. Um, the other thing that happens is that the pineal gland, this little thing in the centre of your brain, this... This is the gland that produces serotonin and melatonin, mm. so the, the hormones that help you sleep and serotonin to start your day, to feel happy, mm. that gets you, gets you released on the morning when you wake up. That's what serotonin is. That gets you, gets you into a state so you can present yourself to the day. Um, the pineal gland is actually full of water and this water is crystalline and what the ancient tribes and cultures and civilizations believe is that this crystalline water inside the pineal gland if it's cleansed mm. and if it's opened up then this is what um, ancient uh, Chinese and Indian philosophers would say is the third eye so right. it's the opening of the, right. third yeah, eye. Heard of that, the third eye so they call it the third eye which is accessible through the center of right. the forehead and it's the pineal gland that allows you to see without it having a lens mm. like the like the two eyes yeah. that you've got in the front of your head, um, and bizarrely, I think this is just amazing. The pineal gland, after studies in the last ten years, maybe maybe as much as mm. fifteen years, they now know that it's got rods and cones inside it, exactly the same as your eye lens. 
So the rods and cones that filter in mm. all the light yeah. Yeah. and then send it to the back of the rear brain, it gets flipped upside down and translates it into an image. So we believe that what we've just created as an image is what we see. Um, but actually what this light transfer through your eye lenses, once it's reflected off the rear lobe and inst instantaneously turned into an image, is actually a perception of reality. Right. It's what your brain presents to you based on things we were talking about before this podcast. Your perceptions, your beliefs, right. Right. your self-limiting beliefs, your fears. It, it's all inclusive in how we see the world. Um, remind me, before we finish this podcast, yeah. to tell you about fractional reality. So right. during ayahuasca, sometimes people see the world as it actually is. So the fractional grid of reality, right. just the energy vibration of everything that exists. Our brain turns it into objects and colours and very specific things so that we can, we can find our way through it. If you actually saw the world as it is, which is a massive vibrational energy, so everything at an atomic level is mm. vibrating. Mm. There's nothing still about yeah. anything. The fresh air in between you and I at the moment is absolutely full of stuff going on. Now, if we saw it for how it was, it'd just be so confusing. We'd just yeah. stand there and go, where the, which, Too much to take in. Where do I go? Yeah, yeah, there's, no, yeah. there's nowhere to go. Yeah. And we, we convert it into a 3D field so that we can navigate around it and not bump into things, not bump into each other. So your brain makes it simpler for you. Your brain makes it navi yeah. navigable. navigable yeah. Yeah? Mm. So I actually got two or three seconds of fractional reality uh, in my last ayahuasca journey. And I, I was so confused by it. Mm. I, I, I just said to the medicine, because they encourage you to talk to it. And I just said, what is this? And uh, the answer came back, this is... This is reality. Is this the first time or second time? This was on the second time, so the trip that I've just been on in yeah. November. Uh, third, third night. So I just had, had what caused you to go on the first trip to wind us back, to give us a, a sense yeah. of, you know, because it's not a common thing. I don't know anyone else that's thought, oh, I'm going yeah. to piss off to, you know, to, yeah. to jungle and take some hallucinogenic you know, drug that's not not a drug, but yeah. you know, mixture. What made what made you do this? Yeah, I was doing a an NLP practitioner's course, so neuro linguistic mm. programming, and um, Jackie, my wife, had done it five five six years before me, and she was she was a very different person. She, as a result, I would I would I would say that she just from eight weeks of being on this course, she mm. understood her own programming how she thinks, how to react, and she became very self-aware. Mm. So she was able to control her emotions. We all have emotions, mm. and we're supposed to experience everything from joy and ecstasy to incredible pain mm. and misery and suffering. That's, that's reality, and we, we, we're supposed to experience that. But she was able to control how she reacted to things. You know, like kids winding yeah. you up, yeah. or yeah. some bad news, or a shitty email. You know, we can all get it totally out of context yeah. and we can get consumed by these little things and we know they're not important but we lose control we just get sucked in and that was down to NLP this yeah. change so she she became very moderate and able to just not have these severe reactions mm. um, and I just said to myself you know I've, I've got to do that at mm. some point 
Were you, were you having the same ups and downs? I was doing what human beings do. Mm. I was just going through every day, doing my best and reacting to whatever came in front of me, you know? And we do create our own reality mm. so much of the time. But Jackie just seemed to have moved on mm. and was an observer at sometimes of her own life. Yeah. So she was able to be very third person and reflect on her reaction and behaviour to the point where she'd say, that was really interesting how I reacted to that. Did mm. you notice? So like, stepping back and yeah, yeah. looking, watching herself do yeah. what she'd just done. Yeah. yeah. So I thought, wow, that's just that's so powerful. So I was about five, six years behind her doing it. And anyway, our coach, who was an amazing guy, um, he, uh, he kept talking during the eight-week course about ayahuasca as something he mm. wanted to do. Um, so... I couldn't even spell it at the time. I ayahuasca, yeah, what the hell I, is I, it? I had to Google how to spell yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. So I just went on YouTube and Googled it, yeah. and I came across uh, all sorts of good and bad, you know, and I, I was curious but fearful. Yeah. Uh, never taken drugs, so never taken ecstasy or anything, anything other than smoked an occasional mm. joint, you know. And I'm not even sure I'd, I'd ever finished a joint. Mm. Um, so... Beer was about as far as I yeah, ever got, yeah, yeah. you know, and um, I had it on my be do have. I'm, I'm pretty sure I spoke about this last yeah, time. Did, I used yeah. to write this annual thing, what I'm going to do the following 12 months. And ayahuasca was on there for I think four years, if not five, right. and I took it off. And within weeks or a few months at most, our son sent an email saying, Mum, Dad, you've got to watch this. It talks, it's a video on YouTube called The Reality of Truth. Have you watched it? Yeah, I watched it, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah brilliant. So you know how good it is. And it just said, I've just watched it, and it's all about ayahuasca, this yeah. thing you've been talking about. I think you'll enjoy it. So Jackie and I watched it in bed. It's really rare for us to do something like that, but ayahuasca is definitely a calling. Mm. I've, I've realised now that it takes, a, it takes some effort mm. to travel to Central South America, to use holiday time to go and do this extraordinary mm. thing. You've got to be a bit more than a curious tourist, which is how I described myself the first time. But what 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 led you to want to do it though? Was it curiosity? Was it feel, feeling that you had unfinished business inside of you that you needed to deal with? Was it a mixture of things? You know, what was the trigger that made you think? You know, because you know, would I want to fly yeah. to Costa? You know, there's yeah. a lot of, must have been a lot of Costa Rica. Must have been a lot of things in your head that that, that were unsure. But what what was so strong that made you go? Well, um, I mentioned last time I'm, I'm a bit of a yes guy, mm. so I like to say yes. Um, I, we watched this one-hour movie. Mm. The curiosity was wrapped curiosity. up, you know. Um, we had time, we had money, so the next morning I woke up and spent seven mm. and a half grand and just booked it. Yeah. Right. So that's very impulsive. Um, I described myself as a curious tourist. And Jackie would say, we were. Two years ago, we went mm. just out of curious. You know, Costa Rica's a beautiful yeah. part of the world. Yeah. Uh, why the hell not? You know, we can go and lie on a beach anywhere, but yeah. let's go to yeah. Costa Rica, have mm. a little holiday, go and do this mm. thing for seven days and then have a little holiday at the end before coming. So we turned it into a fortnight's holiday with this incredible experience. Yeah. Um, and that's how we viewed it. We were going mm. to have an experience, yeah. right? Um in hindsight, there's more to it than that. Hmm. 
I don't believe in coincidences. I think everything happens for a reason. Mm. It's all cause and effect. Yeah. Um, I've taken it off my be-do have. So I've given up on the mm. eventuality of ever going to experience this. Yet my son, from literally the other side mm. of the world, said, you've got to watch this. Yeah. And he was right. And it forced us into getting out of bed and just booking it yeah. the next morning. Yeah. Right? So in hindsight... I believe it was a calling and I just did ayahuasca journey in November with 82 people from all over the world, uh, literally every corner of the world. Average age, I'd say, of mid-40s. Um, why, why do you think the average age was that, in sort of middle age? I think because the place that we go is not inexpensive. It's about two and a half, three grand a week mm. per person. So, you know, it's a big financial commitment. Yeah. Um, and people at that stage of life, it is a stage of life. Yeah. You know, if you've had kids, maybe they're of an age now, they've grown up, they've left home, maybe you've been divorced, remarried, who knows? But people in their 40s to 50s, we, you know, we, we, we call it a midlife crisis, yeah, but yeah. There, is a, there is a shift in thinking yeah. that comes to a person at a certain life stage. So do you think the people at that age are, have got a lot of baggage that they've not dealt with that they maybe feel they need to? Or... Are they, are they more woke to their, mis, their, their misgivings or more woke to what they need to move forward? Well, out of those 82 people, and I, I spoke to a lot of them mm. that during the time I was there, nobody, nobody was there without some kind of intention mm. to learn something about themselves or to learn something about the mysteries of this plant from the Amazon. Mm. Um, so they were more than curious. but They, they felt some kind of calling. I, yeah. just, I just had to yeah, come yeah, and do it. Yeah. And sometimes it was a strong referral from a family member or a friend. Um, other times uh, it was because they've got issues, you know, addictions. You know, lots of people revealed themselves after a few days of being in this environment as having alcoholic problems, mm. um, drug issues. You know, th these are... These are lovely people. Yeah. If you if you met them, you just think they're just regular people, mm. just like you and mm. I. But everybody's got some shit, mm. Mm. you know. And some people, it's turned into an addiction, yeah. and that could be a drug thing, or it could just be something like OCD. Mm. You know, they've got things that they were curious yeah. to know yeah. how how this medicine might yeah. or might not question it or resolve it. Um, so, so what made you book it twice then? Because remember you saying the first time it was a. Not a pleasant experience. Brutal was, was one of the mm. words you used to describe it. Now, yeah. most people, most people, A, wouldn't do that, but B, would think, uh, do I want to put myself through a brutal experience twice? So what was, <coughs> what was the second calling? If the first time was a calling, mm. there must have been something in the closet or the, the, the cellar or the attic that would still not been pulled out maybe? Or Yeah. Well, I think... I think as you go through life, we do pick up stuff. Mm. You know, you gather stuff. Mm. We spoke earlier before this about self-limiting beliefs mm. and fears. and You know, it's so easy to get into your comfort zone and just sit around and have this sense of there's something missing, there's mm. something unfulfilled about yeah. my life. I'm happy, but I'm not totally happy. Are you talking about right? people in general or yourself? I'm talking about people in general. And I'm no exclusion to that. I've, I've spent years in, in my comfort zone 
And on the occasions that I've been out of my comfort zone, I've always learned something from it. You've done your best work outside of your comfort zone. I've had some of my most exciting yeah. moments of my life outside of my comfort zone. And I have been very fearful, but done it anyway. Mm. And sometimes failed, sometimes succeeded, sometimes surprised myself, sometimes immensely disappointed myself that I couldn't achieve things. So, so ayahuasca as a as a curious thing to do um, is going to take you out of your comfort zone. Yeah. I think it's fair to say mm. that. It's a big stretch because uh, it challenges you. But if you can trust the process, my, my first experience was um, I, I went there thinking, I'm, I'm pretty okay. Mm. You know, I, I spoke to some of the people who were there and they were telling me about their lives and their issues and problems and and. There was nothing really shocking. Mm. I mean, the couple of cancer patients mm. there who were hoping for some kind of miraculous cleansing and healing and all sorts, but really lovely people. Um, I just thought, I'm, I'm pretty all right, yeah. actually. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, I'll go through it. Well, I just got smashed a bit uh, because I'd got no relationship with my mother. Right. I'd not seen my mother for 25, 26 years at that point, yeah. two years ago. And it got revealed to me under the influence of this plant medicine it got real, revealed to me very much that that was something that needed healing mm. and in this lifetime I have to try and fix it and she showed me we call it a she because yeah. the energy of this medicine when you take this drink it's like a 30 mil one ounce shot and it takes about 45 minutes before you start to feel the mm. fuzziness of its effect but then you go into this hallucinogenic state and it lasts for hours and some people take one drink, some people take three, some people take four during the night over an eight-hour mm. process. They tell you to not think, drink. So if you can walk, get off your bed, go and take right. another drink right. every time they call you. Um, well, for me, I just, I went into it the first time, not really knowing what I had to deal with, but yeah. it got revealed very quickly that this mother-son relationship mm. that I'd put in a nice little box and yeah. put a nice little yeah. firm lid on it needed looking at were you aware that you had put that in a box 100% yeah, yeah. I mean every time things like Christmas came around you know mm. significant family times or my birthday you know not seeing your parents who are still alive that live 25 miles away parents who had never really seen their grandchildren mm. both my sons mm. it's pretty fucking ridiculous mm. it's pretty ridiculous it's a bit odd Everybody's got a family story, right? Yeah. Everybody's yeah, got yeah. something in the family that's at discord. Mine was mine was a little bit odd because mm. I'm a good guy. I'm a good communicator. Mm. I've got lots of friends. Jackie's family. I get on great with them, you know. But I just I put my mum and dad in a box, mm. and I was quite happy to keep a lid on it. I couldn't work out how to solve the rift that mm. we created 25 years ago. Or did you not want to? Well, it was easy not to. Yeah. That's it's easier not to. You don't strike me as a person that couldn't work out anything. Or can, if you wanted to, <clears throat> I think you could work out anything. So I think you, not telling you what you, you know, my opinion on that is I think you put it in a box and didn't want to deal with it. It was easier not to deal with mm. it um, because it took a lot of courage mm. to go to my mother after 25 years and be compassionate, be mm. forgiving, be open. Mm. Um, and be vulnerable. Mm. And that's how I had to arrive. So what Mother Ayahuasca is what she's often called, this feminine energy, this mother nature energy, 
what she showed me was my mother's life. Mm. And I told the story, mm-hmm. you know. Mm. Yeah, it's I, shocking. It's... I had to get an appreciation of her story. Could, could you just... This is, this is a big thing. Mm. Can you re- just quickly and as, mm-hmm. and as sensitively as you want to just yeah. recap what came out yeah. so, with, with, when you were there? So there are four types of experience you get under ayahuasca mm. and you, you're very well educated. You know, you get there and it's three days before you take mm. this stuff. You've got to be ready. Yeah. Um, and two of the typical types of experience are what they call pinta and consult. A pinta is a visual experience. So behind your eyes, there's just a full movie. It's like a mm. dream. But of course, you're awake. Mm. So you're having a dream behind your eyelids. But it's full-blown. Mm. I mean, it's 4D. It's and very big. You can vivid. see it, yeah. Oh, you yeah. can see it. It's as if you stood in the middle of it. Yeah. And it's happening all around yeah. you. You're in, you're in the set. You described right? it as having like a USB plugged into your ass and downloading all the Well, info. that's a consult. Right. So when, when Mother Ayahuasca wants to give you some information so you can understand something, you get a download. Yeah. And it's literally like having a book downloaded in yeah. a second. And you just go, oh, yeah, right, I get yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, I totally get that. Yeah. Fully understood instantly. So I was having pinters, these visuals, yeah. highly visual movies and downloads for... Well, all night. Um, Must be exhausting. Yeah, yeah, you're, pre- you're pretty shattered because yeah. you're, you're, you know, you, you go to bed if you if you can about nine thirty in the morning. You've yeah. been up all night. Um, so yeah, it's a challenge in itself. But yeah. you know, we we can survive on a couple of hours yeah. sleep. You know, so you yeah. just got to get your head around that. Uh, but I was shown my mother's childhood, mm. which I've never witnessed obviously I wasn't yeah. born yeah. but I saw her being abused by my grandfather um, locked in the cellar there was no physical abuse it was mostly mental mm. abuse but life was tough for my mum she mm. was the only girl with two brothers her, her brothers and her dad my granddad worked down the pit mm. in Castleford my grandma was a simple woman uh, who you know was a housewife yeah. uh, and they were tough, you know. Mm. The toilet was outside. Yeah. Mm. It was across the yard, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, it was a very different world. Uh, Could you work? Did you get to find out why your grandfather was doing that to your mum? Um, did I get to find out why? I did get to meet him. So, because you're, you're taught to, when you see these things, if, if they confuse you, you're taught to ask questions. Yeah. So I just said, why are you showing me this? And um, she said, do you want to meet your granddad? And I went, yeah, I'd love to. Because your granddad did. was significant to you. Well, you'd say, I was it? 10. So I probably, I probably only have memories of him as a 7, 8, 9, 10-year-old. Mm. Uh, but those memories were, I'm really fond of. Mm. I mean, we did some you know, shooting air rifles. Mm. And he bought me my first skateboard at Selby mm. Market yeah. on a Monday. And, you know, I... I I did things with him that I didn't do with my dad. Yeah. Um, he was a bit naughty. He was a, he was a, he was a cheeky bloke. There's a, there's a bridge, there's a bridge at Selby that you still go across, and I think you I think it was a shilling. It was five pence to cross this bridge. Um, and my granddad used to use the tokens that you got at the total petrol garage. Mm. They're like little football coins. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. So they were, they were similar size to a five p yeah. shilling. So he used to say to me, right, watch this. And the, the guy on the bridge would come with his little leather pouch in front of his waist and he'd go, morning, sir, 5p, please, or a shilling, please. And my granddad had talked to him and distracted yeah, him yeah, yeah. and dropped the shilling 
which was obviously yeah. a football coin, into this little yeah. leather pouch. And he'd reach out the car window and drop it straight to the bag and he'd hear the clink and he'd just assume that this mm. elderly gentleman wearing a trilby cap mm. with his grandson at his side had obviously given him a shirt. He had the right thing. given him a football yeah. token. He did that every week. That must, have, that must, without going off what we're talking about, that must have put things into your head that made you the man you are. The risk well, taker, the salesman, the entrepreneur, the... When he's, I can imagine saying, just watch this, and you'll see in that, and it must have stuck to you. Well, my dad would never have dreamt of mm. doing that. My mum would, would be horrified if my granddad was teaching me <laughs> little tricks like that. But of course, as a young lad, I just found it so uh, fascinating. To a young boy, it's heroic, things like it's that. It's just amazing yeah. that he could con somebody yeah. like that. He said, watch this, I'll distract him, I'll yeah. drop this in. Just watch, I'll give him a football token instead of a shilling. So it was just brilliant. I mean, it once took one of my best days out. We went to Fairburn Inns, which is where all the swans are, yeah. down, in, down near Castleford, and we'd sit and watch the swans and throw bread to the birds. And then we'd go to a tip, this landfill tip. We'd pull up in the car, and we'd walk into the old TVs and things like that. Anything that was glass, we'd line it all up, and then we'd gather loads of bricks and stones, and we'd stand back and we'd throw stones at these old TV screens <laughs> and the explosions. These things have got tubes and gas in oh, them. Oh, gas, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Bloody hell, it was like a mini bomb going yeah. off. Well, it was hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. And that, that's what I used to do with my yeah. granddad. Yeah. And bizarrely, he was, he was a real fan of nature. You know, he was an outdoors guy. He mm. kept chickens and, you know, he was always keen of walking mm. in the outdoors. So we, we were always outside messing, doing something. Um, so I've got really fond memories of him and in my ayahuasca journey I arrived at the foot of my granddad uh, right in front of him as real as you are now um, and he was shocked was, to was see he the same age as he was when you were a boy yeah he was a grey haired man yeah. um, it was trilby on yeah no he didn't actually um, but he had his jacket on yeah. his tweed jacket and his open neck cotton shirt and I could see the grey hairs on his chest and he was and I just, you know, I, I said hello to him and he told me to F off. Right. He looked at me and he looked really weary and he looked over at me and he went, fuck off, fuck off. What are you doing here? He was really unnerved. And I just thought, okay, you was the training. So I just said, Mother Ayahuasca, what, what's wrong? And she went, you're about to find out who it was. I went, oh, okay. So he did everything to scare me off the scent. Uh, he turned his face into a devil with horns. His teeth went yellow. His eyes went black. And I said, what are you doing? You, did, were you not scared at any no, point? No, just, no. Because I've been taught, Mother Ayahuasca will not show you anything that will, mm. that you can't handle. Yeah. You right? can't physically You might get scared. You can't physically you might, hurt, you can't. You might get into some kind of trouble and trauma, um, and it might be tough. A bit hairy. Mm. It might be tough. Um, but it's nothing that you can't handle and it's definitely nothing that you don't need to heal. Mm. So it's all about healing. You just have to keep pushing through. You've just got to keep going through it. And they say where it gets dark and where it feels uncomfortable, that's where you go. And on the first night in Ayahuasca two years ago, I, I was seeing all these lovely shapes and psychedelics and it was really lovely. Was, it, I was laughing. Mm. I was like, oh my God, what is this stuff? It's hilarious. Mm. You know, if this is what psychedelic drugs are like, I'm going to keep doing it. It's bloody <laughs> yeah. brilliant. Yeah, same deal. Yeah, yeah. But then it got really dark, and it got, uh, and there was this darkness in the bottom left corner. Mm. Bear in mind, I'm just I'm lying in bed with yeah. my eyes closed, and I'm seeing all these tentacles and like coral reefs, and it's just lovely. But it 
got really dark and when I looked in the bottom corner of my vision, I was being called to it, mm. but I could feel the, you know, the suppression. Mm. It was, ooh, I just didn't like it. So I didn't go. And the next day, there are no coincidences, there was a talk about journeying and if it gets dark and it feels uncomfortable, mm. that's absolutely a way you must mm. go. Walking towards the fear. Yeah. So the next night I did, it came back, you know, because she always picks yeah. up where she yeah. left off. Yeah. It is. I've done eight ceremonies and they're all sequential. Mm. This is the... It's mad. It's crazy. It's yes. like reading a book. Yeah. But they all make sense. You can see why I had to do that then, to yeah. do that, to understand mm. that, to understand that. So they're all sequential. And that's the same for everybody who's ever done a journey. The next journey picks up where it left yeah. off. So it deals with the the big stuff, mm. the things that... And, and quite often they talk to you about, it may not be about you. It may be about people who have passed. It mm. may, but it's all in your lineage. Yeah. So it'll go back as far as it has to go back. So of course mine went back two generations. I, I had to heal my granddad. Anyway, it couldn't scare me off. And I was about to find out who he was. And immediately when I said, yeah, I'm, I'm just fine. Yeah. He ran away. He kind of hot-footed it and disappeared. And I shot from where I was. I went a million miles an hour and landed at the top of the cellar steps at my grandma and granddad's house. And then I watched the mental torture of my mother as an eight-year-old girl being locked in the cellar by my granddad. So my mum's story is unpleasant. I don't, I don't know it, but I, I was shown enough to know that her issues and her bitterness and her resentment yeah. Yeah. and why she can get incredibly dark and unhappy yeah. Yeah. and say horrible, spiteful things to people. It can't, it can't be nice getting put in a you know, cellar by anyone. Your parents, though. Exactly. You know. And the downloads that I got was my mum never went to her mum's funeral. Mm. Uh, I could never understand that. Mm. And um, when I asked Mother Ayahuasca, she just said, well, here you go, here's yeah, the yeah. whole picture. And it was because my grandma never defended her. Yeah. She would allow her yeah. to be locked in there for half a day mm. with the lights off. Yeah. Um, so she never defended her because she was terrified of my granddad. My granddad was a physical man. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Cold liner, big guy. Strong. It wasn't a big guy, it was just an aggressive strong. man. You wouldn't fight my granddad. No. You know, he was a heavy drinking, tough fella. When you were speaking about him, just then, you know, about what you did together and when you went, you know, mm. with the TVs and the shilling, mm. you, had a, you had a big smile on your face. Mm. You could see that evoked really good, positive memories. Yeah. However, after what Mother Hayahuasca showed you, yeah. has your thoughts about your granddad changed? Or have your thoughts about your granddad changed? No, because what's to change? He was who he was mm. because of his story and his background. Mm. And he, he, he took a life path. I mean, he, he had allegedly had another woman down the street. He had an affair with a woman. And maybe, I don't think I'm making it, maybe an, an illegitimate child to another woman on the same street. And my grandma knew about it. Like, it's fucking ridiculous. But my mum knows about that. She's told me about it in the last six months. You know, do you know that my dad had another woman down the street? So when he wasn't at home, he was at the other house. Right. Vice versa. It's crazy, isn't it? But, you know, we're going back 60 years. Yeah, yeah. 65, yeah, yeah. 70 years. Yeah. So, um, you know, to say it was working class, our kids will be horrified. Oh, yeah. Dickensian. Yeah, yeah. You know, you've got to go outside in all weathers. I if you're I on would a, be. If you're on the week, it's across the yard. Yeah, and yeah. Open that little wooden door yeah. and there's a toilet in there. No off you go. Yeah. Take a candle because there's no electric. Yeah. You know, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is, it is. <laughs> and how they lived and yeah, yeah, 
yeah. accordingly, the, the, it moulded in them into the people that they were, didn't and it? And 60 so, hours a week underground, yeah. shoveling coal yeah, yeah. on your hands and knees. Yeah. So, Ridiculous. You've, so, you, you did the first one then. Yeah. You came back. It, there was revelations there. You I fixed my relationship with my mother. Fixed your relationship with your mother. Yeah. So, what made you go back a second time then? Um, I had no desire. Um, I wasn't close to the idea, hmm. but I certainly wasn't ready. Jackie um, talked about going back. Uh, maybe certainly within less than a year mm. of going the first time so she'd been talking about it for well over 12 months you know we should mm. we should go back did you not fancy it then? at the time no no why not? wasn't ready mm. wasn't ready um, life was good uh, I didn't want to uh, I was worried about puking and shitting because mm. it's pretty brutal you know, all I could think about was all that purging that you do. Mm. Oh, God. You know, I, I think in hindsight, I've been in and out of so many businesses in the last couple of years, entrepreneurially. Um, I needed a holiday, not, yeah. not, not a ayahuasca <laughs> journey, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, we, Jackie and I were at different life stages mm. um, in terms of readiness for another ayahuasca journey. And then all of a sudden... It just felt like a good idea, so right. I started talking about it. And Did anything uh, trigger that? Any life event or...? Not specifically, but no. there was a sense of having time and space to now go do an awful lot more learning. Right. Were you feeling good about yourself then? Still yeah, I was in a good place, yeah, yeah. and I got, I, got, I got time, and I, I got a willingness to go and stretch myself and yeah. go and test myself That's again, what it was. And learn yeah. some more. Yeah. You know, learn some more stuff about this amazing cosmos that we're part mm. of. Um, so it just felt felt time and obviously Jackie was very up for it. Mm. The, the, the principal difference for me this time was that I did an awful lot of prep. Right. No alcohol for mm. three months. Clean diet. No red meat. I, I know how important that is. You know, I, I got smashed to bits physically. Hmm. I lost a stone in five days or six days last time I was there. Um, so what does preparing like that, does it increase it or does it make it easy? Is it less purging? It makes you less toxic. Right. So it enables you to drink this medicine and go into the journey with less cleansing to do. Right. So less purging possibly, yeah. yes. Yeah. But just more ready, you feel good. Mm. You feel healthy. Yeah, yeah. You feel strong. Uh, like look, when you do when you're eating well, going to the gym. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Just feel mm. ready, don't you? More yeah, ready. You can bring it on. Yeah, bring it on. So I I, I arrived really prepared. Um, you know, two years previous, I was drinking red wine on the plane landing in Costa Rica. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. I'd be fine. Yeah. You, know. but you didn't know what was coming, did you? Though I suppose. I had no idea. No. It was ten times harder than I imagined. Yeah. So this time. There were no surprises. Well, no, it's not true. There were some really surprising yeah. visuals and consults, but uh, but there were no surprises in what I was about to inflict upon myself yeah. physically. Yeah, the physical side, yeah. Yeah. 